What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. And I was talking with a buddy yesterday. We were watching the Monday night game, and he showed me his one in three fantasy team. And he was pretty much picking my brain of if you're one in three or you're own four and you're down bad, does it make sense to just hold on to everything? Just sort of hunker down, hold on for dear life, and just say the first four weeks, we got the bad side of variance. Let's just sort of keep everything together. Or should I start to scramble to make trades right now? And after going back and forth, I think the move is to probably not scrap your team, not start selling people low, but I think you should be leaning into trade offers. You should be trying to get trades to work, trades together, and invite that variance onto your team where even if you're losing in a deal, like slightly losing or it's a coin flip, you want to just keep, you know, sort of getting that ticket in there of flipping that coin to sort of invite more variance because you kind of need a spark. And at that point, you have nothing to lose. An example of this would be you make a trade where let's say you gave away Javante Williams for Clyde Edwards-Alaire a week ago. Everyone would have laughed at you. Everyone would have said you're an idiot. Twitter, YouTube live stream is whatever. Week later, Javante gets hurt. It's unfortunate and it's not even a good way to win that trade. But that's how the NFL works. Injuries happen all the time. Players just sort of come out of nowhere. So I think sort of the moral of the story is that you should be trading. You should be inviting those kinds of outcomes onto your team if you are struggling. So we're going to talk about today my five must-buy and sell trade targets. We're going to talk about some trade targets for people who are 3-1, and 4-0, some that are four players that are 1-3, and 0-4, oh all of that good stuff. So let's not waste any more time. Make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like if you enjoy. Let's go. Our first trade target for today is going to be a trade target for any team out there. If you're winning, if you're losing, I think Brees Hall is somebody that you should be buying. Now, he's not quite a traditional buy low, but he's been just quiet enough that his price shouldn't be outrageous. He only just put up 15 PPR points. He's the RB17 on the season. I don't think his price is going to be crazy. Now, RB17, I think he has upside for a lot more than that because the usage recently has been really encouraging. Where we thought going into the year, Brees Hall would be the between the tackles guy and Michael Carter would be squeezing him for pass catching work. The crazy part is, is that through four weeks and through two weeks of out snapping and out touching Michael Carter, he is almost beating out Michael Carter for the pass catching role. He had seven of 15, two minute drill snaps. He had eight of 12 third down snaps. And it's really crazy, but Brees Hall's usage on paper looks exactly like Austin Eckler's, where they both have 16.2 expected points per game, which is six in the NFL. By the way, expected points is just based on your carries, your touches, your targets, your red zone touches, all the volume that you get on every Sunday. How many points should you be delivering? They're both at 16.2. And Brees Hall leads all running backs in expected points per game from the receiving game with 10.7 points per game of those 16.2 coming from the receiving game and only 5.5 expected points per game from the rushing game. So this is just dividing expected points per game into targets, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and rushes, rush attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. So Brees Hall being at 10.7 in the receiving game first in the NFL, second among all running backs and targets behind only Eckler right now, and then being 38th in rushing expected points per game at 5.5 is crazy. That's actually less expected points on the ground 
than what Eckler has right now. The good news is, is that going into the NFL, Brees Hall's biggest hurdle was the passing down role. He has already gotten a bunch of targets, a bunch of the passing down role. The rushing role is the easy one for him to get. The difference between him and an Eckler, right, where he has the same usage as Eckler right now, Eckler's a 5'9", 199-pound receiving back. Brees Hall is a 5'11", 215-pound bell cow that ran over 1,400 rushing yards two times in his career at Iowa State. The rushes are on the way. I think that his expected points per game will probably still hover around, instead of 16 right now, it'll probably be in like the 17-ish area. But I think it's going to even out a little bit where we're going to see his rushing EP go from like five expected points to seven, eight, nine. And then his receiving 10.7 is pretty high. It'll probably come down to like 7.5, 8.5. But he's going to have a spot here where as he gains more of the rushing role, and if like 80% of that receiving role stays, you're looking at a guy that has a potential for 20 points per game in a season where no running back wants to step up at all. And you add all that together with his playoff schedule down the stretch where he's going to be playing against the Detroit Lions who are allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs, the Jaguars who are allowing the seventh most points to running backs, and the Seahawks who are allowing the fourth most points to running backs. He is going to be potentially one of those guys in the fantasy playoffs from weeks 10 on that you needed to have to win your leagues. I would go out there and if I could flip any of like Clyde Edwards, a Devin Singletary in a small piece, Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny in a small piece to get to Brees Hall. I would be doing that all day long. Our next buy candidate here is Jalen Waddle, And I think there's a lot of negative energy around the Dolphins right now where they came out super hot. They beat the Ravens in a crazy game. They beat the Bills in a crazy game. And then Thursday happens. Tua has a horrific injury. They lose on a primetime game. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't look good. This feels like the lowest the public has been on this passing offense since the season started. Jalen Waddle only had 5.9 points, so I think this is where you would pounce. Now, I have Waddle everywhere. I can't take on any more Waddle because I have him everywhere. But if you can get your hands on some more Waddle, he is a great buy here. Everyone's going to think that this Dolphins offense is going to be terrible with Teddy Bridgewater. They think that Tua is like essentially never going to play football again. Like that was the concern coming out here. It seems like it's less serious than that at this point. And just to talk about what he's going to do while Tua is gone, Teddy Bridgewater isn't a bum. And we know that Mike McDaniel is a pretty good coach to this point. I think I'm being very conservative there. He looks like the real deal. Teddy Bridgewater supported wide receiver 19, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 25, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, all in the same season in Carolina. Now you give him Mike McDaniel, and then you give him Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, two wide receivers who make their bread after the catch on crazy efficiency, two guys that can take slants 60 yards to the house. You just need Teddy Bridgewater to give them the ball before the first down marker, he'll do that. Will the deep shots, you know, like 60-yard bombs not be there as much? Probably not, but I will say he did connect with Tyree Kill on like a 60-yard launch on Thursday. I still think that this offense isn't going to be that bad. And then also, I think the Tua injury, it was awful. Concussion protocol sucks, all of that. His timetable doesn't seem that over the top. Four for fours, Adam Hutchinson, he's their doctor over there, has him projected to only miss two weeks. He would be back by week seven. It seems like the public thinks that the Tua injury is a lot more horrific than that. 
and it definitely wasn't a great look, but it seems like he's going to be back playing by week seven. So what, you get two weeks of Teddy Bridgewater, and then you get Jalen Waddle back in the offense that he was. I think he's a very easy buy across the board. He's the wide receiver five in fantasy right now, and he's likely a top 10 wide receiver rest of season. And this feels like the cheapest you'll be able to buy him. Now, if you're one in three and you're 0-4, I actually take that back that this would be a buy for everybody. If you're one in three and you're 0-4, you probably don't want to take on Jalen Waddle with the Teddy Bridgewater weeks just because you could probably use that elsewhere for somebody that maybe could give you more points immediately. But if you're 3-1 and one and you're 4-0 and oh, and you can kind of take on a Waddle and deal with the Teddy Bridgewater games, which again, I don't think will be even that bad, I think that's a great way to just kind of compound your lead in the league. Now I'm hitting you guys with a little switch up. We're going to do two buys and three sells in this video, but I'll give you guys some honorable mentions that were on my list to be bought, but I didn't actually put in this video or I didn't write anything for them. I have AJ Brown, who like the Eagles were a little bit quiet. AJ Brown hasn't had like a crazy game since week one. If you can buy him, I like that. Kamara, who we mentioned in last week's video, that wouldn't be for somebody who's down bad right now. That's if you're three and one, four and oh, I do think that Kamara will be back and he'll be probably fine by like week eight, nine, whatever. I like Darren Waller as well. I like Gabe Davis as well, where he hasn't looked great recently. Maybe you can buy him for the cheap. And that's one if you're one and three or 0 and four and you're down bad. I do think that Gabe Davis is a great like lean into variance type of trade target where you get Gabe Davis and you kind of live and die by Gabe Davis. But the Bills offense has put up like 20 points in each of the last two games. This is an offense that should be in like the 30 plus range a lot of the times. And he's been fighting that ankle injury and it was raining on Sunday. I do think that Gabe Davis has big games ahead. Now, when we talk about our sell candidates here, we have Mike Evans at the top. And Mike Evans gave you his annual 30-plus point game. He had one in 2021. He had one in 2020. He now has one in 2022. You probably won your week because of it. And I don't think there's any shame after probably winning your week last week because of Mike Evans, moving on and selling him high after that. We're in week five. The people are going to be panicking and Mike Evans is a known commodity who's coming off a huge week. He has a big name. I don't think it's going to be that hard to sell him four wide receivers who have underperformed recently, like a Jamar Chase, an A.J. Brown, an Amon Ross St. Brown. I even like the idea of selling him for a piece plus C.D. Lamb, Waddle, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin. All wide receivers, I think, are probably very similar to Mike Evans. But as of right now, Mike Evans is sort of viewed by the market really highly right now where I want to say in this trade target tool he's like the wide receiver seven here one two three four five six seven yeah he's the wide receiver seven sandwiched between Jamar Chase and AJ Brown if you can move off of Mike Evans for Jamar Chase or AJ Brown I think you've done your team a solid now you guys are probably saying why why are you selling Mike Evans and it's not even so much that Mike Evans is bad or anything of course he's good he's going to get you your 1010 touchdown season and he's not going to fall off a cliff but it just feels like his value is a little bit inflated for what he is. He has three touchdowns in only two games at this point. It's a little bit unsustainable. He only had a 19.2% target share in his game back with Chris Godwin in the lineup. His volume is going to be a little bit lower than it was in week one with Godwin back in the lineup. He should still see spike weeks. He's going to be fine, but like top seven wide receiver in that same tier as like Chase, AJ Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. To me, he's the tier behind that, and I'll probably have him right in there with like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, for me personally. Now, to be clear, I am not saying go run him and sell him as quick as you possibly can for whatever offer hits your inbox. He's an absolutely fine hold. He's a fringe wide receiver one. In my teams, I like having wide receivers that are very good on my team all the way through the flex, dominating my opponents in those spots. You guys know that from this offseason. 
But if he's going to be trading at like wide receiver seven-ish and you can get Mike Evans to turn into a Jamar Chase or an A.J. Brown or an Amon Ross St. Brown, I think that you have to do that deal. If that's not even remotely on the table and you hold on to Mike Evans, you bank his spike weeks and you live to see another day. Our next sell candidate is Miles Sanders, who's coming off a massive day. He had 27 carriers, 134 yards, two touchdowns, all on the ground for 29.6 PPR points. He sits at the RB9 on the year at 16.3 points per game. And of course, he had a big day, but he kind of had a perfect storm here where it was a rainy game. There was no Boston Scott. The passing game wasn't really working because of the rain game. And then they got a big on the Jaguars and they ran the ball a ton. 27 carries for Miles Sanders is a lot. 20 plus carries for Miles Sanders is a lot. This is a guy who I looked back, 27 carries is tied for his most carries in a single game dating back to college when he had 27 carries versus Rutgers in 2018. And if we look at his NFL games, this was only his fourth game over 20 carries in 44 career NFL games. Now, that's completely fine, right? I love Alvin Kamara. I love DeAndre Swift. I love Aaron Jones. These are all guys, Eckler, these are all guys who aren't 20 carry per game, guys. They make up for it in the passing game. And this is the issue for Miles Sanders. 20 plus carries per game is not on the table for him, especially with Jalen Hurts in that backfield. Boston Scott will come back. Miles Sanders is never a guy that's going to take on a 20 carry per game type workload. He's not Nick Chubb. And the issue is, is that his passing game role, usage, whatever, with Dallas Goddard there, with A.J. Brown, with Devonta Smith, it's not going to be very big. He had three targets, two catches, 22 yards on Sunday. He now has eight catches for 35 yards on the entire season. That is nowhere near enough. So you're pretty much just banking on him between the tackles. And I think he's going to be just what he was before this week, right? He'll be like a fringe RB2, like kind of hang around that RB24 to RB30 range. And that'll be fine. He'll give you his sort of like 14 to 15 points per game. And that's all good and well. And if you drafted him in like the ninth round or eighth round on a hero RB team and he's your RB2 and he's doing great for you, you can hold. But if you somehow have two stud running backs in this economy and Sanders just kind of a flex play for you and you have like wide receivers that you're picking between and Miles Sanders, go out there, ship him off. See if you can get like a DK Metcalf, a Hollywood Brown, a Chris Godwin. If you want to swap him out for another running back, you can do like Brees Hall or J.K. Dobbins. Two guys I think have much more upside then Miles Sanders. But again, if he's giving you points and he's in your lineup, feel free to ride it out. Now, our last sell here feels super cliche, but if I could shop around TJ Hawkinson, I would. And I know you guys are going to say like TJ Hawkinson's like the most obvious sell high candidate in the entire world. He had 12 targets, eight catches, 179 yards, two touchdowns for 39.9 points at the tight end position. He went from 8.1 points per game through three weeks. So tight end 12 stuff there, someone that you were almost debating dropping. And then he comes out here, puts up 39.9 points. And now when you go to the, the standings, right, in terms of PPR points per game, he's tight end three, 16 points per game. He looks like a set and forget it tight end now. And that's when I think you could hop in here, make some swaps. I do think that this usage won't stick at all. Swift wasn't there. St. Brown wasn't there. I think he'll sort of have a little bit of a backseat when those guys do come back. And I would love the idea of using Hawkinson at tight end to then upgrade to Kelsey or Andrews or upgrade to like Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, whatever you can get into in that like top five elite tight end tier. And I know some people out there are going to say there's no one out there who's going to do that. No one's going to give you Darren Waller for 
TJ Hawkinson. So I ran a poll on Twitter. I just wanted to see kind of where the market was at. And I asked them Hawk versus Pitts, Hawk versus Waller, Hawk versus Kittle. And it's pretty much a coin flip across the board. You have Hawkinson losing the pits by 47% to 52%. It's really close there. Hawkinson versus Waller is like 56% to 44%. And then Hawkinson versus Kittle is 59% to like 40%. So Pitts and Kittle can be done pretty easily. Waller, maybe you put a small piece in there. But I think it makes sense to sell high on Hawkinson and get yourself into one of those top five tight ends. You'll probably have to give up a stud to get to Kelsey or Andrews. But if you could do like Hawkinson with like Amari Cooper or a Terry McLaurin or a Chris Olave, DeAndre Hopkins, a Miles Sanders, a Rashad Penny, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if any of those guys plus Hawkinson can get you into Andrews or get you into Kelsey, I would be doing that all day long. Now that's going to do it for us today. As always, if you want to know where I'm at rest of season wise, I have my rest of season rankings that come out every Wednesday night. I have my top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers, top 25 quarterbacks, top 25 tight ends. So when you're out there making trades, you can see who I prefer versus who, what tier I have them in. Just so you can go out there, dominate your trades, make sure you're not sort of selling low or buying too high on certain players. And if you enjoyed the video, make sure you down below, subscribe, leave a like, and I will see you guys in the next one. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on Rest in peace to my vagabond Rap a song, singer Suspended subpoena From misdemeanors, dreamer Hellback asses, Loki's still a deer And I still